Material Components, Season 2, Episode 42, The Children of Aetir, Part 2. Greetings and welcome to Material Components, the actual play RPG show all about a galaxy of magic and the adventurers who live there. I'm your humble dragon master, Mike Gargoni, and joining me, as always, are my stalwart adventurers. Hey, adventurers. Thanks for being here. Heck yeah. Super stoked. Do this. Woo! (laughs) Tiny Ric Flair. Uh, Hey, everybody. I am Olivia, and I will be playing Florian of Akalar. I'm Elliot, and I am playing Shay. I am Michael, and I'm playing Oswald Octavius Theophilus III. I mispronounced his name. Did you pr- mispronounce his name, or did Oswald mispronounce his name? Whoa. Oh, Whoa. No. Yeah. Where does uh, he begin but... and I end? I don't Well, Amari begins right here, because I'm Reed, and I'll be playing Amari. Indeed. And of course, before we begin today's session, I would like to ask the same question I ask every time, and that is, Reed, do you remember what happened last time? I do, I do, because it is very important, and shit is about to go down. Mm -hmm. Uh, But for context, uh, what happened last time, we are nearing the end of, or at least what we assume would be the end of our current mission to fight the children of A-tier. We arrived. Yeah. Yeah, this we'll way, we might die. It, it will be an end one way or the other. <laughs> Yay. Um, but yes, we arrived in the Awari system, specifically looking for the planet Awari 6, one of the 12 planets in this system, I think mm-hmm. Mike said. Yeah. We decided that we uh, needed some help, so we called in, uh, unfortunately, Red's dogs to assist us in assaulting oh. the children's... Uh, uh, the children of Aetir's compound, I guess. We met up with uh, Red's dogs and decided I, Amari needed a new gun for his mech and purchased a, a large Gatling gun-style repeater, uh, is what you called it. We came up with a loose plan with, uh, with Red's dogs. Um, I would say a loose plan just because it was very vague um, mm-hmm. and not particularly tactical. Red's dogs would use their large cannon on their ship, a massive laser cannon strapped to the underbelly of their, ah, I don't know how to describe their ship other than ugly. Um, yeah. Imagine but it looks a like bathtub. Very together. And then imagine a second bathtub placed upside down on top of the first bathtub. And then you use a lot of duct tape to tape those two bathtubs together, and then you strap a bunch of guns to it. And that's Mm. the hound's gun. The ship controlled by Red Bartlett and Red's hounds. Red's dogs. Really inspires confidence. Honestly, Red's hounds is a better name. And that's why it's not that. Yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Whatever you expect, downgrade it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, we came up with a plan to have them do a an in-atmosphere bombardment of the Children of Aetir's compound um, while we snuck in uh, via shuttle number seven to assault uh, the location that we believe Nazir to be uh, currently holding up in a, a temple built into the side of a mesa. And we did that. 
And you were proven exactly right that Nazir apparently was in this temple. As you made your approach and the doors of the temple were flung wide, you were given some warning about the approach of your enemy with Shay's etheric senses stretched to their maximum. You were also given some warning that this enemy mech is in possession of the, as you have dubbed it, the Annihilator. That name. God's tech thing which can annihilate any aether that it is pointed at. That includes athium, the metal that generates this sort of thing, aethite, the crystal substance that powers most machinery, and the aether within a sapient creature's body. Uh, and last time we also saw the effects that it has on uh, the landscape as we were entering the atmosphere of this planet. Yes, indeed. Yeah, we discovered that this planet is voxel-based um, because the chunks of plant, uh, uh, of like mesas and, and landscape were removed in large cubic chunks. Just mm -hmm. like control-alt-delete. It definitely seems that way. And so as this device is seemingly being wielded by this enemy mech now... <laughs> The idea of having it pointed at you is fixed firmly in your mind in conjunction with the images of deleted pieces of landscape. Hopefully it's got a spin-up time. It isn't just like point and click. Which is why three-fourths of our intrepid party are hiding. <laughs> it's true. I'm in a mech. Hiding is like really low on the list of things. That's that why I, you're you know. not one of the ones hiding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because as Shay, Oswald, and Florian, as well as your, what was the term we used? Tactical asset. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, Harcourt have taken cover behind a large statue in the middle of this civic square. Amari stands resolute, albeit off to the side a bit, with new gun in tow, encased within the Yazada-class mech tux as a nearly mirror image of that same mech bursts forth from the temple-turned-city uh, hall. And, Oracle Zero, you find yourself face-to-face -face with the enemy. The enemy that looks an awful lot like your intrepid team leader. And, Amari, you knew this was coming. You knew there was a mech coming through that door, and you were ready. What you doing, bud? Great. Cool. Yeah. I do not have time to deal with cranky, pissed-off, tantrum-throwing children in mech suits, so I'm going to shoot this this individual. Yeah, so heavy weapons. I think this this new repeater counts as a heavy weapon, I I, I suppose. Absolutely, it does. Great. And I'd love to, I think this is pretty bold to gun first and not ask questions. That stat that just scream Han Solo. Woo! I mean, I have, a, for range weapons, I have shoot first. That's true. But for heavy, for heavy weapons, I have bigger and better. <laughs> um, yeah. And if I can figure out where all my dice are at uh let's see here tux has five aether in it i am going to take some of that thank you going to use two aether 
from Tux. And as you and tally then, up these dice, simultaneously, Oswald was preparing a spell to hurl at this enemy mech. That is correct, yes. Uh, a flashbang, if you will, to sort of temporarily uh, stun this individual so that we don't just immediately get annihilated. Uh, annihil- what's, what, what, what's the, uh, what are we, annihil- Annihilated? That sounds bad. I don't like that. I don't think there's any deleted. Yeah, yeah. I mean, stick to the simple. Yeah, derezzed. Let's go Tron. Ah, this with that. Hey, soundtrack. That would be good for this. Oh yeah. Ooh, I'm gonna throw that on my spot right now. Wait. (laughs) So Uh, Oswald, you are you do not have this spell under your specialties. I would assume. No, uh, which is why I'm going to be using the Spellsmith trait, mm. or sorry, yeah, trait. To concoct a uh, Dragon Ball Z-like solar flare? Yeah, exactly. It's going to affect me. Depends on how well he rolls. <laughs> yeah, no, you know. I mean, I do what every good trained soldier uh, does when they're about to fire a gun. Close their eyes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, Amari, you are throwing your all into this heavy weapon attack. Are you throwing anything else behind that? Um, how many Aether are in this repeater, Mike? In so the repeater itself, barrels? there would yeah. be three total. Three. Excellent. Okay. Um, I will take uh, an Aether from that as well. So, grand total here. I'm going to need to pull some extra dice out to get an extra D6. There we go. I've got 5d6 and 2d10. And fuck it. I'm going to use Daredevil. I'm going to spend another Aether die to double my tactics and talent die uh, when acting boldly. Yeah. Cool. Oswald, you've got the spell cranked up and ready to go. Yes. Uh, I guess I'll go ahead and roll that. I'm going to pump four Aether into that. Uh, See how it goes. All right. That could have been better. You two have your totals. You let me know as you take this thing from two sides as it bursts into this line of sight you've got here. Uh, 19 for me. Okay. And I'm just going to spend some of these void dice here. Don't mind me. Forty-two. Forty-two. Whoa. Sorry, that took took a minute. (laughs) Yeah. As you hurl this, what what does the spell look like, Oswald? I imagine he, I mean, let's, let's just, he focuses in and like a little sort of spark sort of forms in between his hands. And then that just kind of like shoots forward. Uh, almost like a little uh, sparkler. And then as it gets close to uh, the door where uh, Nazir has appeared, it just boosh, and it's just a loud burst with a, with a bright flash happens. And this strange pattern of little twinkling lights emanating from your Avia companion is now becoming a runner here as Oswald projects this star in miniature that then expands outward. And as that light 
flashes and consumes the field of vision of those staring at the mech briefly. And as Amari opens fire with this repeating gun, just sounding like a buzzsaw going off with these harsh little whines of energy firing into this light, you see what looks like an invisible blade slice through the light, annihilating the light as it uh, like appears and it's parted between the center and this mech just strides through it, its arms sweeping backward with the annihilator at the end of it, destroying the magic as it's coming through towards it. Oh. Hey, good thing I didn't go all in. <laughs> yeah. Well, that ain't good. Specifically why I did not. But it seems to be focused on this frontal assault that is seemingly disabling and is unprepared for the hail of gunfire that comes streaming in from the side and it takes several huge hits pounding into the side of this mech. It goes faltering to the side, taking a few hard steps before it swings around and begins pointing the Annihilator towards Amari and you see the bolts that you're continuing to shoot, just disappearing in the air directly in front of this thing. Hungry boy. And it stops momentarily, uh, still holding that anti-magic beam directly in front of it as the two mechs square off against each other. There's no acknowledgement or sound, but then the second mech begins charging forward, holding the Annihilator directly out towards Tux. I think we're in initiative now, folks. It's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. I don't even remember how initiative works in this game. It's just going to be passing it off from one to the oh, other. Yes! Mm -hmm. And I believe uh, that this enemy mech is taking the initiative here. Yeah. Yeah, no, makes sense. True. And it is going to try to drive the Annihilator straight into your core, Amari. So I'm going to need some kind of roll for you to get the heck out of this thing's way. Okay. Uh, there is really no way to do things in a mech that aren't bold, I think. <laughs> I I mean, strong case to be made. Yeah. Yeah. What, you uh, can be forceful. So that's true. Yeah, you can. <laughs> Um, but I, I think he's trying to be forceful right now, and I'd rather not yeah. uh, be, be bold do that. in the face of annihilation. Annihilation. That's my favorite um, movie. That's my yeah. favorite movie. So I'm going to use the DC for uh, combating Nasir and this enemy mech. And mm -hmm. the rolls involved need to hit 35. That is the Fuck. DC when dealing with anything to do with this boss battle. Did you already roll? No, 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 not okay. at all. I haven't built out my dice pool for this yet. Okay. Uh, one. <laughs> one A one. A two. <laughs> what, are you, what are you using? Uh, piloting. Okay. I can give you a D4 somehow. I'll hey, hey. I'll take I'll take it. I'll how, take that D4. how would you I'm hmm. on the comms? Just screaming, get out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> hey, look, that's a D that, that's a D4 in piloting that's, if I've ever heard that one. Sounds like, yeah. you're, you're Hugh Jackman in real steel yeah. just off Marty. to the side. 
Amari, <gasps> don't get hit by that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, Peppy. Yeah. Let's uh, see what you can do. Help piloting here. Perfect. Cool. Uh, gonna take another uh, one from the mech. Oh, Boise. And yeah, that's what I got. So I got 2d10, 2d6, and a d4. I have to roll perfect on all of them, I believe. Yeah. Cool. Yep. <laughs> I think it's going to happen. I, I feel it really good. It didn't. It didn't. It stupid <laughs> didn't. Yeah, 22. Gonna take the failure. I don't really want. No, fuck that, Mike. <laughs> no, fuck it. No. Rip Amari. I can't believe Amari's yeah. fucking dead. <laughs> wow, that fucking war hero got squashed real good. Uh, yeah. So void diatime. Okay. And just to let you know, if in case anyone ever wants to just make something succeed, you can just spend six void dice to make it happen. Not on this shit. Uh, uh-uh, uh. No. <laughs> just saying. Okay. Uh, well, actually, I rolled two void die, so there's oh, two okay. for you. Thank you. Yeah, just to make sure. I'm dragging them over. There you go. There you go. Yeah, that uh, first so one's that always hard to get. gives me extra 13. Oh. So 13 plus your 22, you said? Yep. So I'm exactly matches. 35? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I got a crit and a one. Nice. Thank you, Cthulhu. <laughs> oh, you got a one? Oh, fuck. Take another one. <laughs> Thank you, oh, God, Cthulhu. That's what happened. No, Cthulhu got the crit. The the the, the ones Cole got me ah. for his wedding gave me the one. <laughs> Thank you, Cthulhu. Cthulhu. Oh, no. <laughs> well, I know what I'm doing for a one shot. <laughs> so what was that uh, last roll? Who knows? Oh, I need to roll it then. Push this uh, into uh, critical territory. Plus another seven. So mm, not quite. 42. Yeah. So you manage to, uh, what does it look like when you're dodging this lance of anti-magic? So in the same way that like uh, someone just turns to the side. So it, this was like a beeline straight for Tux. Mm-hmm. Tux just kind of rotates his torso and it just mm-hmm. kind of goes in front of him. I hope he lands into the wall. A street light behind you burst. The crystals go dark within its lattice, and then the metal structure of the street light itself ruptures and turns to dust. And there's suddenly just an empty spot on the street where it was. And I think Nasir is going to pass it to Abari. Okay. Cool. Awesome. Fuck. Okay, so now that it has, uh, Nasir has uh, passed, at least lunged at me, mm-hmm. I would love to just angle the, the barrel of the gun directly, just like straight up at the joint of the arm that is holding this gun up. I want to remove his fucking arm. To remind you what if the, possible. of what the Annihilator looks like, it like can maybe be construed as a gun but it's really more of just a cylinder but it's a Mm -hmm. cylinder of 
strange curved panels that aren't actually connected to each other that form the radius of the pillar. And then in the interior of it, again, free floating, not connected to one another, are these rods of aethite glass. That weird crystalline metal that you've encountered before. They're not like few. And it's like welded on or like somehow uh, attached to the arm. It's Uh, just the oh attached to the arm. Uh, The the arm is basically like holding it Uh, like the the, the hand aperture is clamped onto the pillar. Great. I would like to go for a nice at shoulder uh, just attempt to uh, remove this arm via bullets or aether in this this universe you 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 know the number yep 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 okay another one uh, another aether guns heavy weapons 2d10 how many aether are left in your mech one after this okay yep i don't have the ability to pull from other places no i know just you know what happens when you use them all though Yeah, which is why I can't spend that last (laughs) one. That's my oh shit, oh fuck, okay. Uh Um, Yeah. Yeah, I guess I'll have to do two from myself this time. So that's 3d6 and 2d10. And I'll pull one from the gun. Okay. There's one left in the gun as well. So, yep, so that makes it 46 and 2D. Okay. You're going for a disarming maneuver. And then I got a one on one of my Aether die, so that doesn't get spent. Which, for our listeners, we have changed up the rules for the uh, some of the traits, so that rather than adding extra die sizes into the Aether pools, we've just made it so the Savant talent... Uh, let's so if you roll a one on an aether die, it does not count as being spent. What's our total there? Twenty-three. Oof. Yeah, I like. Yeah. Take the failure. You could spend some void dice. I mean, I'd need to get a crit on the void die to pass, and I don't want to give you any more because it's going to use directly against me. (laughs) Oh, fuck. Okay. Yeah, I guess I will take the failure on this. Okay. You try to bring the gun up into the mech's armpit and firing up in some kind of shearing maneuver, but the other arm of Nasir's mech comes down and slams the gun barrel down, forcing it into the ground, and it just churns up flakes of stone that go flying, and shrapnel shreds some of the shrubbery that is uh, in this civic square, and those of you cowering behind the statue hear little pings as they go ricocheting off the, the metal statue above you, and you see little jags and scrape marks as this shrapnel tears into the metal above your heads. I got an XP. If you'd been out of cover, that may have been, (laughs) well, interesting. Amari, who are you passing to? You've got Florian, Oswald, Shay, and Harcourt. Shay, please. Okay. Alrighty. Yeah, crack them knuckles. Fuck them up, dog. Please. (laughs) 
let's take this mech out of commission. I, I, I like I like the cockiness. Um, y- your back must to... be pretty sore carrying all that hubris. Yeah, it's pronounced hubris. Mm-hmm. Mike, come on, mm-hmm. God. Pronounced Herbie the love bug. <laughs> Read a book. I can't. Yeah. Um... Pretty sure Odysseus with his Herbie the love bug was uh, <laughs> the real victor of the Odyssey there. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'd watch that movie. Odysseus <laughs> <laughs> and Herbie the love bug just <laughs> trying to get back to Ithaca. <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, the death shroud that Penelope weaves, it has the love bug on it. Okay. Um, so, let's see. Uh, I'm going to wreck it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, how many Aether are in this mech? Too many. This mech contains 12 Aether. What the fuck, Mike? Wowzers. <laughs> yeah. Goddamn God's tech bullshit i gotta get me one of them it is in fact god's tech bullshit <laughs> well Fuck. damn i can't i can't use all of them because that's more than my aether pool but i will be using eight you want to drain eight points of aether out of this enemy mech yes okay because i want to break it mm. Team activate a uh, 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 tactical parking boot uh, maneuver. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's a good, a good one. So, what exactly uh, tactically and talently are you attempting to do here? Oh, uh, so uh, tactically, uh, I'm. You know, I would love to always use clever for things like this, um, but if you think that this is more forceful or bold, then I will take it. So what, in essence, are you trying to do here? You're drawing Aether out of this mech and then doing what with it? Oh, my! the talent I'm using is I'm gonna wreck it. Which is your Aether Tech talent for ruining Aether Tech. Yes. <laughs> Alright, so... Hmm... This feels forceful to me. I don't know. No, 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 that is, again, I... I, I Totally buy it. Make this, all the power go straight to his thighs. <laughs> this is you taking like jumper cables from a car and just putting them straight into somebody's computer. That doesn't feel, I don't know. <laughs> You're right. No, no, no. Totally. It's just my highest tactic. So That's fair. That's fair. I love, I would love to be able to use it all the time, but alas. Um. Okay. So since I'm rolling a bunch of D6s, this little turquoise one i'm gonna roll after i'm done with these ones because this is gonna be my tactic okay thank you because my forceful is a d6 and i just want to make sure that i'm keeping all these things great good call so many Uh, dice so many dice so many dice just just for my own edification how many aether die did you have in this roll is it just the ones you pulled out oh it's just the ones i pulled out yeah okay just the eight just eight Probably should have pulled out more looking at what we got here, but you know, whatever. Well, and the again, the hard limit of not being able to spend more Aether die than the size of your own personal Aether yeah. pool is. We've got some hard limits here. True, true, true. And uh, what am I, what was the, what is the number I'm trying to get? 35. 35. All right. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 26. God damn it. Now you know how I feel. 
Rough. So we're nine no, that's, short. That's Red's dogs. They say that. Rough indeed. Taking the failure? Indeed. Uh, no, this mech sucks. This mech is bad news. <laughs> it needs to die. Okay. Giving me that void die then. That's cocked. Come on, baby. Looking for nine. Yes. That's what I roll. I'm. I, that sounds facetious, but it is what I rolled exactly. I was trying to do the math as you were saying. That. All right. <laughs> so nine gets you exactly to 35 and you pull the aether directly out of this machine. It sounds more dramatic than it looks. Unfortunately, yeah. when it comes to the true power of wizards, and that is just drawing the aether out of machinery it is not as dramatic as it sounds in terms of visuals for some machines. Lights will turn off, doors will stop being powered, but when it comes to devices like this or things with so much aether that you could effectively keep drawing indefinitely, it doesn't seem to really slow it down. Now, that being said... When you redirect that Aether back into its systems in attempt to, oh, I don't know, wreck it, that has wreck a more it. dramatic effect. There is a stilted moment as the arm that is holding the Annihilator is about to swing around and point back towards Amari, but then it locks into place, held straight out in front of this thing, and now it is just pointed in that direction and he would have to turn the entire mech in order to point this horrible reaping device. <laughs> I have a wizard. And do you say that? No, fuck no. This is okay. like a like a we're not talking. We're not friends. Uh-huh. Okay, just checking. <laughs> uh yeah, so it looks like you've damaged some of its systems and this whoever's inside this mech, you're assuming Nasir, is struggling for control over this thing's arms. This is gonna be such a fucking pain in the ass if Nasir's the one up wrecking shit with the jetpack, and this is just Jabroni Steve in the fucking mech. That being said, Shay, who are you passing it to? Oh, good question. Um, Let's go to Oswald. What do you got, little man? Well, uh, I have. I one say that actually. Right I, 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 I put a head, a hand on Oswald's head. I'm like, okay, what do you got, little man? <laughs> uh, Oswald, uh, there. So behind this statue, there, there's all of us. There's the things that we have. Oswald has a single aether pistol, which has, I'm assuming, one uh, or how many aether points are in it. Two. Uh, and two. Uh, yeah, I guess I'll draw those out just so I have a little bit more to work with. You have the pistol given to you by the now dead Sheriff of Akalar? Yes. Okay. And instead of shooting of it... more specifically. Uh, fair enough. Instead of shooting it, because it's an uncivilized weapon, <laughs> he's just going to draw all of the power out of it. And I, fuck it, I, I don't really have a lot to do, so I'm just gonna, I think I'm gonna go all in, because otherwise I'd have almost no aether, and I would not be able to beat 35. Mm. Uh, and basically the idea is that I want to make, 
I want to use gravity well on the mech's uh, hands to make them so heavy that it. Uh, well, we'll we'll see we'll see what we can do. Basically, I want to either slow down the mech so it can't move, or possibly do damage to it, um, depending well, on how well I roll. I guess. What What is your initial goal? I'll say. Uh, my initial goal was to I I want to make it drop the annihilator, but I don't necessarily want to break the annihilator. So, because my first thought was, oh, we'll make it so heavy he can't lift it. But instead, you want to try to weigh down the limbs of the mech. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, okay. You could make it so light that it <laughs> that it just shoots up into space. Well, we'll see. We'll see how Remember I roll. The door. <laughs> Every time you use gravity well, I'm going to think about that door. That that great great door. Um, Everyone's yeah. favorite door. Uh, okay. Do you think I would be able to to gravity well on this thing on the this annihilator make it heavy without breaking it? Do you think I'd be able to Cons- so fine tunely craft a spell? considering it does not appear to be constructed in a normal way and by that i mean the parts of it clearly are not attached to each other and yet they remain fixed in a position uh, hovering amidst each other you have no idea what it would take to break something like that that's i would also throw out the thing that you threw a, a bunch of light at it and it cut through the aether. So using aether on it may not be. The hey, best. it may be fueling it. Who knows? I had a boy. That's an excellent point. So, yeah, we'll just do it on the Mac. So 35 remains our goal then. 35. OK. And so when I go and I double the. Or no, I use the most amount of aether you could possibly have. So what's the size of your aether pool right now? Six. So you have six aether die plus whatever else you want to spend on it. So I've got my tactic and I got my uh, talent and then I have three remaining aether points thanks to the aether leech. Because you just leached the two out of the gun, yeah? Yeah. Okay. So that's a total of nine aether die plus your tactic and your talent. Yeah. It's a lot of dice. It is a lot of dice. It's going to be... Math intensifies. Oh, yeah. 47. Whoa! That is what we would like to call a critical victory. What, what, what... Take them out! Do you want to remove somebody from the scene? I think I'm going to remove this... I mean, I... My goal is to take out the mech. Uh, mm-hmm. we'll see if Nasir survives, but that's not necessarily my goal. Um, <laughs> okay. yeah, I'm going to take, I'm going to take this mech out. All right. What does that look like as you increase the density of this thing's arms? Uh, I see, uh, uh, um, I see Amari's attack, uh, be deflected. I see, uh Shay's um uh me- meddling take hold and I see an opening. Uh and then Oswald's like, oh well I guess he starts to think about what do I No thinking, no thinking, just doing. And he just holds out both of his hands. He's like 
Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't even know if like you see the aether around his hands. I'm not sure how it, how it works necessary or how it visually creating a spell. It can look like however you want it to look like, but yeah, he's, it looks like, it just looks like he's holding out his hands. Um, uh, and like from his eyes, like, like a green sort of smoke starts to come out and you don't see anything around the, uh, the mech other than. It just, it just starts to hear popping and and tearing, and then the 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 ground around it just starts to bow in, like the like the cement of the ground also starts to there's like a crater forming around it as it's just being forced down and down like a trash compactor. Roll me a d twenty. Okay. This is because of the green smoke, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, I thought that was one. It's a seven. Okay. As you focus and this green energy begins crackling out from you, there is little bursts of green static that ripple up and down this mech's arms as the arms quite literally fall off this thing as they're pushed into the ground by unseen forces that force being gravity <laughs> and little motes of green begin to bubble up off the arms and float up into the air above the like compressed ground that begins to crater outward in that kind of anime style where you see the crater just opening up beneath the mech and then it gets a little bigger and a little bigger and those little motes of green are bubbling up off and you see them beginning to pool on an invisible plane above that crater. Like some kind of emerald quicksilver that is just bubbling up off of these arms, hitting some kind of invisible plane, and then beating together to create a a large crackling pool above the mech. Like a little lava lamp. Like some kind of terrible emerald lava lamp. Yes. And there is, from nearby, Amari, you would hear an audible scream from inside the enemy mech. And yeah, this armless mech goes backwards like a log cut in the woods. The arms just crushed at the bottom of this crater, but the Annihilator, seemingly unaffected, just rolls to the bottom of the crater once the arms of the mech are completely useless. Who are you passing it to, Oswald? Well, um, I... Pass it to Florian. <laughs> um, is the body of the mech still like, does it look like it's still functional? Yeah. And also, can we hear that there's screaming? Or no, is it you'd have to be really close because it'd be muffled by the, the mech suit. The, the mech. Okay. Well, now that there's no danger of being annihilated. Nope. Still hate that. I'm going to God. Have the annihilator. Yeah, I mean, like how how big is this cylinder? And also, if I touch it, will I die? (laughs) I know that I don't know the answer to that second one, but how big is it? It is roughly the size of like a 
kitchen trash can, like that kind of cylinder. Like it's big, but not unwieldy big. It, it is large enough that you'd have to probably carry it with both arms, but you have no idea how heavy it is. You don't know. You've never interacted with this thing. So yeah, you don't exactly know. It's large. The circumference of it is probably about two feet. Um, and like, uh, probably a, a one foot radius from the interior of the cylinder. But again, all the pieces appear to be disconnected from each other. They're just hovering at a stable point. I'm going to look to Harcourt and just, Hey, uh, if I touch this thing, will I die? <laughs> I mean, will I get annihilated? I don't think so. All right, cool. Uh, I'm going to go, I'm just going to skitter down into this crater. <laughs> Okay. Roll me a d20. You know how Lisman thought he rolled a one? We don't necessarily know that one's bad. Right? We don't. We know nothing. We're going we're gonna to find we out because True. I just rolled it. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Florian dies. How many aether do you have left in your aether pool? Four. I'm pretty sure. I have to double check, but it's three or four. Okay. Well, whatever that number is, it is now zero. As you cross the plane beneath that weird pooling of green energy above this crater, and you feel your whole body go cold, like you've just stepped into an arctic tundra. And there's this tingling sensation from the center mass somewhere behind your sternum out onto your shoulders and down to your fingertips to the point where your fingertips and the bottom of your hooves feel numb. And there's this strange sensation. It, it, it feels like when you're extremely numbed up at the dentist and they start like drilling into a tooth and you can feel it, but it, you, you know, there maybe should be pain and there's a lot of pressure there, but there's no actual pain necessarily. It's just pressure and sensation and this grinding into you. And you feel that from your toes to your horns, to your hooves, as you step beneath this and you suddenly feel a lot lighter as well. And as you step beneath this plane and you almost jump without realizing it and you feel yourself being drawn up towards that circle above you. Oh, fuck no. <laughs> you're, you're heavy enough that you come back down to the ground and you're not pulled up into it. But there's that moment of weightlessness like when an elevator drops suddenly. Ugh, in the stomach? Ugh. Yeah. Ugh, um, I hate that. Does it intensify the longer I stay underneath this? Or is it just like, as soon as I cross the plane, it's it's bad news, bears? I guess that depends on if you stay beneath it to find out. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm going to go get the thingy. <laughs> okay. Well, scrambling forward to get the thingy, you do not feel it growing worse. It's still bad. It's just it's bad. Okay. <laughs> But yeah, the um, sensation oh. just ripples across your body. Yeah, and you know what I'm realizing is that, yeah, my right arm is out of commission again because there's yep. no aether in it. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm going to try to do this anyway. 
Fuck it. Okay. Um, Scrambling down to it. I mean, I'm not going to ask you to roll to pick up a thing. Um, you, there are four slightly curved panels that make up the exterior of this cylinder, and they are disconnected at like uh, the four like cardinal directions. If this thing, if you're looking at this thing head on, so you've just got these four panels that are at like twelve o'clock, six o'clock, three o'clock, and nine o'clock if it's the face of a clock and they're disconnected at the like interior radials of those four pillars of those four like curvatures if that description makes any sense it it does yeah and then the center of it are these like long poles of also just free floating effectively though they appear to be in a fixed position they are not connected to anything and that goes for the exterior of the cylinder as well. And if you grab it, your fingers can, like, clutch the interior curve of this thing. So your fingers are, like, basically on the inside of it. There's And grab it by one of these panels and pull it up. And the whole thing comes away, even if you're just clutching this one free-floating panel. It's very odd. This is weird, and I don't like it. Um yeah. And they yeah, all seem to be moved at, like, a fixed position. There's no little wobble or drift to any of the pieces. It all seems to just stay in a cohesive position relative to each other. But it comes right, away, gonna... and it's extremely light. Okay. Well, then I'm gonna drag it out of this... out of the bad place. Okay. What happens to the pool of stuff when it gets moved? I think it depends entirely on what direction it's pointing in. The end of this cylinder, the the panels on the exterior come to a point, each of them, so that there's like kind of a, a pointy end, essentially. And the rods come to a central nexus where they meet, and there's something, some nodule of technology, you think? It's that same strange dark stone that you've seen in some of the God's Tech ruins, and the the large poles of aethite glass meet at this nodule and that's the bad end well i'm gonna keep the bad end pointed at the ground gun safety everybody sure yeah um and then yeah just kind of like drag it backwards out of this crater okay in that case the green energy hovering about four meters above your position does not really change as you shift and move away. And as you come out from underneath that umbra, you feel this oppressive coldness suddenly blossom into the warmth of your body again. And it's like suddenly the anesthesia is gone and you're just like, blah, sensation returning to your body. Florian just like immediately sits down on the ground. Um, do I get those dice back or do I just am I am, am I running on empty? They're you you will get them back eventually, but they don't just suddenly return. Yeah. I th- yeah, okay. They, they they were consumed by something. I just I just wasn't sure if it was like they were consumed or that if they were being suppressed somehow. Not as far that as I can sense. tell. And yeah, for those moments where you were underneath that thing, I think for Florian specifically, there would definitely be these moments of 
you didn't quite realize how low key you've used etherics to enhance your own physicality over the years to the point where you have these bursts of power and speed from time to time, but there's a background level to that that you're maybe not even aware of. And so when it's stripped from you and you're underneath this umbra, there's this weakness that fills your body that you're absolutely unaccustomed to. Oh yeah. It's like, Oh, any like muscle tension or like old injuries that I've just Mm -hmm. been suppressing all of like the nerve nervous system, like for that part of my body. And um, yeah, no, it's, I imagine it's just really shitty. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Hence the sitting on the ground. (laughs) Harcourt is the last to go in the round and he will rush forward and help you carry this thing away. Uh, as he sees that your one of your arms has gone limp. Uh, but he's going to keep his rifle pulled up against his shoulder and having it still aimed at the mech, uh, he will say, that thing's got weapons other than its arms, keep an eye on it. And we're sort of out of initiative now. It looks as though the mech isn't moving. And the screaming from inside has stopped, Amari. As your cool. companions drag away the god's tech. Uh, There is still fighting happening above you. The bits of one of those shuttles is now raining down uh, beyond you. It's not raining onto your head or anything, but you can see, like, bits of flaming wreckage falling down between the mesas. So do we just leave? I say, uh, well, I don't say anything. Uh, Mike, would it be a, uh, like, a combat faux pas to, like strip someone from their mech it is one of the most devastating and efficient ways of disabling an enemy mech right yeah well he was in pain potentially so uh i'm going to say i need to like open the back hatch for this mech Uh, like i'm not gonna say i need it but like yeah i would like to attempt to like roll it over if it fell back backwards need to roll it over and attempt to remove uh nazir from this this machine is it still under this like green void cloud yes okay in that case can i yank him out by the leg (laughs) because i don't want to get in that shit at all yeah i was i was gonna say if amari makes any moves to to do that i will be like hey don't hey don't (laughs) Hey, hey, (laughs) hey dumbass think (laughs) <laughs> I mean, you'd, you'd still have to reach an arm underneath that weird pool to grab the mech and pull it out. Mm. Ah, fuck. Yeah, I'll get it. No, it's going to take out the one aether that I've got left in the fucking mech. No, that Will was the it? aether thing. Will it? You don't know. I don't know. I'll try it. I'll try it. Give me that leg. Okay. You reach in, you grab the leg. Great. Cool. I yank him out. You pull him out. Great. Flip Does that not baby seem over. Do affect Amari's mech at all? Sweet. Hmm. Um. Strange. It's the intent behind the spell. <laughs> also, um, I can I can eat up the last four aether that are in that mech too. Uh, reaching out with your etheric senses, there's no aether in that mech anymore. It's yeah, a shell. Beans. I was hungry. Yep. You drag the mech out, and every sensor that you have is telling you this thing is too light. Based on what you know, like, 
you're pulling it uh, out of here and it's moving way too easy. Hmm. What the hell? Okay. You want to dig in and try uh, to pry it open? Yeah, I mean, if I flip it over, the back hatch it, uh, would be like where you get in. You like step, like yeah. get climb into it from the back. You like climb into the back of it. Yep. So hit like some sort of pry uh, that open. No, I, I would assume there's some sort of emergency like lever that is meant to be worked by someone who isn't in an enormous mech suit. <sighs> I'll try to open it then. Okay. You you as daintily as you can attempt to open up the the rear hatch. And even as carefully as I'm not gonna have you roll for this, as carefully as you try, Tux's fing like articulated finger uh manipulators just go straight into the metal of the the hatch here. And it cracks like an eggshell. And as you pull away, you realize it's because the metal inside this thing is way too thin. And you're just seeing this exterior layer. And as you pull away, you see that the inside of this thing, there is just hollow. Like someone took a melon baller to the inside of this mech. And there's this clean sphere on the inside. And there's nothing. No control panels, no uh, pilot, no connective uh, wiring that would connect the pilot to the mech. A lot of the systems have just been totally cleaved out. And you see a perfectly clean line carved out on the inside of the thing in a perfect sphere. Got annihilated. Okay, then. And as Amari has pulled the mech aside and is doing this, you know, the rest of you would notice that that weird green pool begins to dissipate. And Harcourt, who's coming up nearby, is is in character. All of us like, uh, he has his rifle trained on the inside of the mech and he will just quietly say to himself, what the fuck? I think Oswald isn't looking. He's like just leaning against this like statue facing the other way. What's going on? Did we get him? Mm. Yes and no. So we have a couple um, interesting aspects to this. Either Oswald crushed him so much that he turned into goo and the Annihilator just destroyed him. Or the mech was controlled by green goo. I'm, I'm leaning towards the first one. Yeah, and there's no residue on the inside of this thing. It's just a perfectly spherical, like I said, like it looks like someone took a melon baller to the inside of this thing. But you could tell from when you ripped it open, it was whole from your perspective it's like that on thing the inside. When uh, uh, Terminator goes back in time, the sphere that they teleport back in leaves a perfect like cutout of a sphere wherever they arrive at. Mm. With the time bubble, which we also yeah, the time encountered earlier on the one place, the uh-huh. yeah. Talgan yeah. Three. Yeah. Wait, when did that happen on Talgan Three? That the there was like a big quote unquote explosion that was a green sphere, just oh, like oh, in the sky, taking a big old chunk out of yep. 
Oh. So. Fuck. Oh yeah, I I I thought all of our what the fucks was about that. <laughs> I totally forgot about that, as I am one to do. At least I'm consistent. Huh. Cool. So Oswald did the thing back on Talgan 6, right? Yeah, Uh, got it. Yeah, (laughs) yep. Uh, Oswald's the bad guy here. Oswald, how could you have done this? You've discovered my plan. I must leave. (laughs) As you stare down at this hollowed out mech in curiosity, horror, confusion, you have the God's Tech device in your grasp. Florian, it has an odd hum to it as you hold it. And the hum is familiar, if quieter. And you don't think it's actually even sound that you're hearing. Because it's not going through your ears. It's bypassing sense. And it's just this sensation that you have in the back of your head. Can I identify what it's reminding me of? It's this weird, low, churning hum, this... That sounds like the sound it made inside the Atlas chamber. But it's much quieter and almost like a background hum in the back of your mind. Hey, Ozzy. Tahaka. Ha <laughs> Ozzy Tahaka. Oh my god. It all comes it's the all true, it's turns true out identity I'm not revealed. Just trolling, turns out I'm not just trolling Reed. Ah. <laughs> He's evolved. He's growing stronger. <laughs> no. Uh, I will dra- I'm gonna drag I'm gonna drag this over to him and just like set it down so you know how you know how the the uh, almost called it fucking TiVo nope the Atlas Chamber you know how the Atlas Chamber was like uh, did we did Oswald told us that it was or we heard it, it talking right when we were like plugged into it or was that just Oswald I was just Oswald. Just Oswald. The rest of you heard that weird the, the humming, sound. throat yeah. singing. Yeah. And I, if I'm not mistaken, you heard me talking to something. To yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, I'm just gonna like hold it out for you to like touch and just be like, it's doing the the thing, the like, and I'll try to approximate that sound. Yeah. Well, it is. Uh, God's tech as well it makes sense if it um, worked in a similar manner if that's even possible and Oswald looks totally wiped yeah no I know we need to yeah like and and <laughs> I was gonna say this anyway but uh, we need to get the hell out of here <laughs> I mean there's also the other the other piece God's tech I mean, it's the bad one. The but... other piece. The amplifier, right? Well, yes. uh, 
do we know that this is just the one piece or if, if this is the way Harcourt mm. described it, he described this thing as the thing that annihilates Aether. Okay. Cool. Well, perhaps some of us should go in and get the remaining piece. We got a little juice left. Yeah, I'm feeling fine. You two take him, Harcourt, I mean, perhaps. I'll do whatever needs doing. You want me to stand out here, keep watch? And he'll glance up and you see that they're still fighting and... Uh, at this moment, you'll see somebody, you don't know exactly which faction they belong to, tossed off of a bridge above you and go screaming past your position down towards the earth below the mesas. There's a yeah, long did make, scream. Did they make a howling sound like some sort of dog? Oh, see, uh, I was thinking the the goofy, like, yahoo-hoo! It's a, it's a Wilhelm screamed. Um, followed by a a long string of A's going down. You can see the A's. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Power Shay, Amari, you mm -hmm. are heading into the temple? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah. Do you want Harcourt coming with you or staying outside to keep watch? I like the idea of Harcourt keeping watch. I mean, Shay, you've seen specifically via the the atlas what it looks like via piggybacking off of um oswald's uh viewing right like... it was in a box still yeah. yeah yes so perhaps we'll find the box and also when mike uh may, correct me if i'm misremembering this but when you when i was sensing the aether of stuff around me earlier when the mech came out i could also sense the absence of aether from the gods tech was that just because it was the annihil aether or was that because it was gods tech you don't know yeah as soon as it came out of my mouth i kind of figured that'd be the answer probably worth experimenting more to find out i agree um harcourt what does this amplifier look like what should they look for I don't know. I was trapped on Akalar when... Because of the lizards. Because yes. of the lizards. Right. I'm going to blame all my shit on lizards now. Uh, you also, make it here on time, hey, the lizards. We're still mad at you. You're not allowed to be funny. At least not yet. Yeah. <laughs> Raises hands defensively. I wasn't trying to be funny. Those lizards fucking kept me on that planet. <sighs> So Amari, well, God damn it! Uh, I was gonna say that. Yeah, uh, uh, Harcourt, stay here. Keep an eye on things. Make sure nothing happens to him. Keep looking up and keep his rifle trained. And say, yes, sir. Perhaps we should get under some sort of cover. I mean, it probably wouldn't be a bad idea to get them. Were the doors blasted open, or did they like like they open just opened? Up? I mean, y'all could come inside. Get I guess. inside, yeah. Yeah, heading inside, you the doors didn't close, so you can very easily head inside, and you see that this place is very well lit. It seems as though, at the very least, the power in here is perfectly functional, and the atrium to this city hall is, in fact, what used to be a temple. So it has these huge vaulted ceilings with these big frescoes thrown up on the wall at intervals around 
to your left and to your right and continuing to sweep across the wall in front of you because this place is big and kind of like oval shaped, kind of like you're on the inside of an egg. And there are nine of these frescoes that you can see thrown up on the walls and they're made of little tiles that are thrown together to create these big, larger images that are of, I don't know if any of you would actually know what this is of. None of you are particularly versed in religious stuff, but yeah, this is clearly devoted to nine things that I'm sure somebody thought was important. And there's no like depictions of dragons or anything. This is something else. No, they appear to be Midrian-ish, though some of them have features that are distinctly non-Midrian. The one directed to your left appears to be of a uh, a tall figure with a a spear, and he's kind of got a a dark face with just a a single bright glimmering eye coming out of the darkness of his face. Um, You see one that is apparently uh, a a large uh, female in basic shape, though, again, like some of the features are strange. She seems to have a head that is just a... A, a wreath with like red berries in it. And that like is formed in a circle that is rotating around another wreath that appears to be made of thorns. And like those two circles like cross each other in this weird, like wheel that serves as her head. Uh, and the one directly in front of you across the way is of this enormous Midrian-ish figure, but all of the angles on it are very sharp and pointy with these, like, feet and hands that come to, like, very pointed edges with no distinguishing, like, digits or appendages. The the head appears like a, a, a sharp crystal of some kind that, like, splays out at the back like a root system of a tree. It appears very, like, angular and polygonal, but also it's got two arms, two legs. But it just, like, appears to be descending from on high in this beatific position. Do do I see this? You would all see this as you enter the temple slash atrium of this place. Fucking sounds like you're describing the the Ultra Beast from Pokemon Sun and Moon. They just all sound (laughs) like weird as shit. Uh, Does that last one remind me of the image I saw in the the footage that I took of the Atlas. Which footage? Uh so there was like little snippets there's like that I pieced together and I saw some sort of Ah yes. Figure. Uh yes, very similar in fact. Noted. Hmm. Uh that one was more articulate like it had hands that could like reach out and it appeared to have more joints than this just splashy image has yeah but certainly reminiscent of yeah like the 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 imagery definitely evokes that like if somebody saw that thing one time and then maybe 
generations past and they had to describe it to somebody and then that image eventually became a fresco this is maybe what you would get can i take well can i take pictures of all of these images yeah uh, absolutely right so you all see this as you enter but only amari and shay are pressing further inward Yep. And you see, despite the grand trappings on the walls of this place, it is fairly bureaucratic and normal in terms of the furniture and layout. You've got like a long desk that bifurcates this place, and there is some standing, what looks like clear panes of quartz athite that separate the the top of the, the desk. So uh, even if somebody came in here and tried to vault over the desk, they'd have they'd be stopped by these glass panes and there's little slots in the glass pane so someone could walk up to the desk and interact with somebody behind the desk. Obviously, this is some place where city bureaucracy would have been maintained. Where in here do we find the all-you-can-eat uh, crab and shrimp buffet? Uh, that is not here. You do find that part of that long desk has been clearly modified to serve as a repair and engineering bay for a mech, and the quartz athite has been uh, hijacked to serve as readout screens. Okay. Classic. Uh, beyond this, in between every fresco, there is a uh, door. So there are doors leading off from this main atrium that you find yourselves in. Are any of them, like, open? Or are they all, like, closed? The one directly behind where the mech uh, repair position is, uh, is open. I would like to reach out with my etheric senses again. Okay, Not please do. Lay of the land. Mm -hmm. I'd like to do this cleverly, but it may be more careful. I'm not sure. Depends on if you want to try to do it cleverly or carefully. Mm. Or even swiftly, depending on how quickly we want to get in and out. This is true. Actually, I do think I want to do that. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Um, I'm also assuming these doors to the uh, side rooms are not uh, big enough for a mech to uh, no. kind of saunter into. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Terrible city hall. Why is every building not built for war machines to go through it? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Thank you, Olivia. Why is this building not war machine accessible? Come on, people. What is this? Oh. A city hall for ants? <laughs> All right. I'm going to uh, reach out and touch eighth, and I'm going to put three of my aether <laughs> dice in there. Uh huh. Let's see. 17. 17. You immediately sense that all of these frescoes around you have the capability to be powered by etherics in some way, but they're, they don't have power right now. You don't know what that would do. You feel around and there is no sensation like the one you had before of absence. But there is a weird tangle of sensation coming from behind the desk beyond where the mech station is. It feels like Aether blooming in a weird way. It's the sensation of seeing something and feeling it 
get bigger because it's causing pressure to exude out from it because it's taking up more space, more volume. It's the sensation of a balloon getting bigger right in front of your face. Whoa. There's something weird behind the makeshift engineering station. Feels like it could be it. Do that or it's a bomb. So let's check it out. Getting behind there, you find what was hidden from view from your position entering, but is clearly visible once you come around the side of the desk, is an open dark stone crate. And nestled inside of it is what appears to be a basin. That's what it looks like at first. It's just a, a big, wide stone, but it's like, if you had white birch wood that then was flash petrified, almost mm. like marble, but with the texture and appearance of wood. Interesting. Y'all, God's tech is weird. God's tech is so weird. Who makes and this shit? The gods. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. And... Excuse me. Who invented this game? Yeah. <laughs> God. And yeah, that's what you find. This strange stone basin. It's it's a probably about half a meter deep. So like if you put your hand in the center, the the lip of the bowl would probably be up to the elbow-ish. And it's not full of anything, and it's just resting inside this box. And that weird sensation is coming from this bowl. Uh, okay. okay. Well, we the box. Let's close the box up and get this shit out of here. Take the lid, and you find the lid is extremely light for being made of stone. Or appearing to be made of stone. Yes, so I'll put the lid on it and whatnot and see about moving it just by myself. If you're still in the mech, easy. Yeah. Got one Aether left in this, baby. Mm -hmm. Got so much room for God's tech in this thing. And you, yeah, very easily lift up. I mean, you could do it with one hand in the mech. And then I'd like to wear the bowl as a hat on Tux. No. The bowl is in the box at the moment. Well, it's super light. I'll wear the box as a hat. Okay. A hat box, if you would. A hat box, yeah. No, I'm not doing that. That would be silly, and I, I, I refuse to do anything silly. This game is extremely serious. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. all the time, always. So, yeah, you seem, you think, you have recovered the second piece of God's tech. We did it. Mm, I, uh, the way that Mike <laughs> phrased I that know. is like, it's you like... think, and I'm just like, oh, God well, damn it. We, we now we have to search know. every room. We just, yeah, yeah. no. You're Those fairly certain. Are... While those two are doing that, in this atrium, uh, I mean, I know that Shay sensed things that, like, could be powered by etherics but weren't. Is there anything that is actually, like, on? Like, this engineering station? Yeah. Does it have power? Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, it's it's very well lit in here as well. Sick. Uh, well, this place I'm isn't gonna, dank. I'm gonna eat the shit out of something. Something big. Okay. Do you want to just draw power from the lights? That seems like a bad idea. Um, is there, like, this engineering station, does it have any, like, like a control, you know, center? Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah. Like I said, it seems to have been the the desk itself seems to have been modified so that the the quartz athite is acting as a display for some kind of maintenance readouts. Cool. And you just want to drain Yoink. that? Okay, yeah. Uh, that's two aether. If you want to just drain that. All right. Better than nothing. Okay. Better than zero, which is what I had. Sure. Uh, suddenly, your arm works again. I was gonna say maybe I could hook up to that and repair tox really quick and get my aether back, but never mind. Hey, listen, my arm didn't hey. work. <laughs> yeah. No, that's fine. I it, It's one of those things like, I didn't think about it until you're like, oh, I'm going to drain it for all of its power. Like, oh, fuck, that's right. From so across good. the atrium, his voice echoing Harcourt yells, you find it? I think so. We're fairly certain. That's definitely the box. I mean, so like looking in the box, is there one of those, you know, like, oh, it's got a perfectly bowl-shaped cutout where this thing sits. Or is it just like a box, a bowl that can just rattle around? There's no packing in there or anything. There was no packing, but the bowl is oddly stationary inside the box. Okay. Seems like God's tech shenanigans. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And the box is a fairly perfect cube. And, yeah, that bowl, its circumference totally uh, takes up as much space as it, as it possibly can within that cube. So you definitely saw gaps to either side in the corners of this box. And there didn't appear to be any padding as far as you could see. Okay. But the bowl just, remains uh, stationary. I'm worried that, like, touching the bowl would, like, either give us uh, some sort of indication that this is what you know what it is or no right but then again if if it doesn't do anything there's no way for us to be like oh yeah we don't know because it's god's tech okay you know what i'm just gonna touch the bowl okay so you open the box back up and touch the bowl yeah let's do it let's do it scientific research and as you reach in and you just like touch the the rim of the bowl yeah like put a hand on either side of the rim mm-hmm. of the bowl. You feel your hand getting, or yeah, if you're reaching in with both hands, you feel your hands getting very warm as they touch the bowl. Not hot, not uncomfortable. You're not burning or anything, but there's just this flush of heat that rushes through your hands. And as it, as you make contact with the bowl, you hear a low droning hum somewhere in the back of your mind you recognize as the same droning hum you heard in the Atlas chamber. Mm-hmm. And the longer you stay in contact with the bowl, the farther up your arms that warm flush sensation crawls. And I don't know how long you maintain contact with the bowl, but you appear to... This is God's tech, you're pretty sure. Yeah, I... Okay. I know it isn't... Sure miss something. Oh. I know it that it is supposedly something that amplifies stuff. Mm-hmm. So if I try to use my etheric senses while I am touching this bowl. Yep. Oh boy. Is that something you do? Yeah. This is like, Oswald I, I wanna... decision making right here. Yeah. It. You know what? It's, it's narratively interesting. I haven't done something narratively interesting in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, 
I'm trying to think like, I, I don't want to just like expand my senses willy nilly, but like if I wanted to focus on the very specific etherics of like shuttle number seven. And as soon as you think shuttle number seven, you all see Shay's body essentially just like stop and get really still, like weirdly still the way a living body shouldn't and not breathing. If there's breathing, it's at such a shallow, low pace that it's nearly undetectable. And Shay, you are now floating just above shuttle number seven. And you look down and you don't see a body, you just see shuttle number seven. And you okay. are keeping pace with it as is as it is really low to the ground, circling a mesa. Oh fuck. Oh shit, I'm astral projecting. I don't think I've ever done this before. Mm-mm. Oh god, I wanna go back. <laughs> and nothing happens. Oh no! <laughs> Oh no! Oh no! Fuck! Fuck! Uh, I drop kick Shay. (laughs) 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 They're dead, but they're also not astral. Fuck! They just quop across the floor, just total a rag doll. Hey, they won't get hurt because their body was so loosey goosey. No bones. Or maybe they're going to get super hurt because they're so, like, rigid. (laughs) Today is a no bones day. (laughs) I... Shit, I'm going to... I'm going to go... No, do that. (laughs) I'm going to fuck. We've all seen Ghost. Can I get... Can I phase through the mech? Or, sorry, can I phase into the shuttle? You are suddenly the shuttle. You sense the sensory data that is being collected by the shuttle. You sense a uh, a big hairy foot being jostled up and down with a twitchy nervous energy across the floor of your hull. You feel the the change in air pressure as a nervous voice says, uh, "Come on, come on." Okay, this is not exactly what I wanted, but I think I can work and with this. And Duma, like, leaps and looks around as oh, your good. voice is projected. Okay, uh, Duma, Sh- hey. Shay, hello? Yeah. Where is oh, you? Wow. What is happening? Well, it's a, uh, it's a good question. I'm here and I'm another place. Anyway. Oh, what? Could you actually come back to where you dropped us off? Please. <laughs> Yes. Oh, are, is everything okay? Is everyone all right? Yes. There was question mark there. Duma will not question it until he flies back to everyone the landing spot. Everyone else is fine. Everyone else is fine. But my consciousness is in the shuttle, and I need to get back to my body. So I'm just going to chill here and, and, with and you. And Duma's hands kind of like come away from the controls a little bit. No, no, no. Like, please keep driving. Oh, okay. Okie dokie. Because um, I don't know where we are right now. <laughs> and that's why I need you to go back to where we are so I can get back to my body. And you feel this little creature inside of you pulling at your nerve endings, adjusting mm-hmm. your altitude and moving you in a direction. 
it is inside the shuttle instead of being the shuttle. And you try to coalesce your consciousness inside the shuttle. And there's this strange moment where you're detaching yourself from systems. And there's this moment of blindness. And suddenly you're just hovering behind Duma. And he is looking around nervously, unsure about what's happening, and is adjusting the flight controls and moving up and away back towards the central mesa. And after a long moment, Duma will say, Shay, is you Uh, still here? Okay, I'm going to try really hard to just move my hand. I don't want to be the shuttle again, but I want to like be able to project my voice again. And you reach out and try to find that singular system of the onboard comm. Yeah. And you think you Duma? found it? And a large, like, screeching reverby voice over the comm says, Duma! And Ugh. Duma's just like, oh no, he's ghosts! Duma knew this day would come! <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna be the shuttle again, that's too hard. And as Duma's making his approach towards that civic square uh you reconstitute yourself in the shuttle and again all of that sensory information coming from the yeah, shuttle you're uh, feeling uh, the thrusters projecting you through the air you feel the exterior of the hull okay i was trying to just be a ghost and talk to you through the comms but that wasn't working i'm fine but uh, i'm going to stop being the shuttle right now oh 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 Okay, bye. What are the rest of you doing as Shay has gone rigid? Uh, I mean... Staring off into space. <laughs> uh, I think that... Uh, so we need to get... Uh, I'm just gonna go pick up... I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go pick up Shay. I'm just... Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. And when you detach Shay from the bowl, their body ragdolls. Yeah. Okay. I will. Uh, Mari, wanna get that? Let's get out of here. We can contact Duma on the way out. Do you want to stay and help these guys with the rest of this, or should we just leave? You're muted. Still muted, bud. Fuck. <laughs> <Just>, yeah. <laughs> like you, you, Yeah. Yeah. That's what I get for sneezing. I'm just like, I'll mute myself so they don't hear me sneeze. And now I've been muted for 38 minutes. I was going to ask, is there a, any sort of power source in here at all? Is there are like we had like those power packs that we brought with us on mm-hmm. multiple occasions. Is there anything like that? Because there was that quartz athite that, that was serving as no, I that that was serving as a a maintenance bay. Mm-hmm. Was its power coming directly from that because they were using that as a like a readout display, or are there other sources of power in here uh, that would be like, oh, you can hook up to this or no? No, you think? Okay. I mean, they've got. It's clear that they've gotten power working in the city to a limited extent. Okay, as in, no. If this was like, well, if this was Nazir's base of operations, perhaps he had some sort of, uh, I don't know generator or anything in here it seems like they were just using whatever power the city could supply to their own ends okay yeah in that case uh i will uh 
get that bowl put back in the box. Okay. Got a bowl in the box. I don't think it ever left the box. No. Yeah. But you put the lid back on and get out of there. And as you contact uh, Duma, he will say, Oh, uh, Duma is already on the way back. And uh, we, we found Shay. So that is fun. What do you mean you found Shay? Shay is. We have Shay. Uh, oh. Um, Shay? What do do you say about that? Oh, God. Okay. I hate being the shuttle. And you hear Shay's voice coming over the comms. Hey, so how's my. How's how's my body still, like, Uh, hot as hell or what? I'll um, sort of like jostle it up and down. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it's fine. Okay, well, great. You're, you're a little skinny for my taste, but um, no such thing. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so the bowl's definitely. I'm not sure if it's an amplifier, but it probably is. Uh, but I'm in the shuttle. My consciousness is in the shuttle. I'm on my way. Please take care of my body i will be back in it as soon as possible oh i God was just really. gonna i was just gonna just check it off the mesa there yeah <laughs> duma will say please do not do that duma is very freaked out by shay ghost inside shuttle no we're just shay's the shuttle now <laughs> no i hate being the shuttle duma not a fan either truly shay is the ghost in the Something. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty soon, shuttle number seven lands. The fighting above you seems to be coming down a pitch. The second shuttle from Red's Dogs landed at some point, and there's clearly firefight happening up there, but it's really tough to tell who's doing what in that conflict from where your position is. It's happening on the upper levels of the city, and you're somewhere near the mid-tier. But as you crowd towards shuttle number seven, and as soon as Shay's body is pulled inside, Shay, your consciousness is sucked back into your body, and uh, you let out a gasp as you come back to sensation. Oh, oh that Put you down. There was okay. a weird moment, though, where you could see your body as it was taken inside of you. So there's this odd sensation of being turned inside out as you reconstitute back into your fleshy bits. Oh, wow. It's a bad sentence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know about how we're going to take care of either of these pieces of God's tech, but I don't know, man. We should just take that box back to Akalar and just chuck it back into the woods. That bowl sucks. <laughs> well, if it was found before, it could be found again. This is true. Why don't we go and take a nap <laughs> and think about what we want to do with these two devastatingly powerful items we have in our possession? I agree. And then come to a conclusion afterwards. I think that sounds excellent. And you push off and fly away. I mean, we're going to hail Red's dog. Okay. Let him know. Uh, 
Nazir has been uh, eliminated. What happened to what? Nazir? I mean, we could. Okay, so here's the thing: we don't fucking know. Okay. You never we even saw no who idea. was actually in the mech. Nope. Yup. Yup. So like, fucking, we don't know shit. Okay, that's what I we know is we that we check, don't know shit. Check in with with Red's dogs and be okay. like, "Hey, how's your guys? How's it going on y'all's end?" You Are you doing yet? that as you're flying away? No. <laughs> okay. So before we fly away. Before you fly away, you calm Red Bartlett and ask him his situation. Mm-hmm. And he would come back. Eh, doing okay. My my boys have uh. I don't know. What's the ratio there? Hey, Frank, what's the ratio down there? And you hear someone in the background going, two for one, boss. And Red Bartlett goes, yeah, two for one. Pretty good day for Red's dogs. What an asshole. <laughs> what's the KD spread on this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Beta team's uh, got what? Like, hey, Frank, how many they got left? Four guys, boss. And he'll say, yeah, beta team's got, like, uh, four guys left. So uh, we'll see how they do. And then uh, if that doesn't get mopped up anytime soon, we'll uh, we'll finish it up from up here. Yeah. Uh, y'all take care of that, uh, the mech? Oh, no. He's killing the shit out of some of our guys. Okay. How's your end going? Yeah. Uh, everything's going good down here. Cool, cool. You uh, get that uh, other, whatchamacallit? Yeah. And, uh, dead or alive? Uh, seems to be dead. Ah. Well. Unfortunately. You, uh, you bring the head or something back, yeah? Uh, the the problem with that is, uh, kind of, uh, a, a, a green paste. Ah, the old pasty. Yep, seen that before. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, that's a shame. No bonus today, boys, and there's an audible groan from somewhere in the background. Oh, well. Uh, so, you want to, uh, what, help out? Got some, uh, throw some of your guys at that? Um, we're, we're, we're out of, we're basically out of commission. Max down. Uh, one of our party members, he's, uh, uh, basically spun out. Hmm. We're down hmm. to our last few Oswald drools on himself. Yeah. Is that right? Uh, we'll probably be huh. more, uh, more uh, uh, damage than uh, than help. Uh, actually, Amari. Yeah. Uh, well, I look, could, uh... spin real, and he'll suddenly cut the connection. We gotta fucking go now. We have to go so fast. Get oh, out of okay. here. I was actually gonna say <laughs> I yep, could help, yeah. but you know what? Fuck them. No, we... No, it's time to no, leave now. <laughs> that, the, the subtext that happened in the last few sentences was, we're about to get fucking double-crossed. Let's beat feet yeah, out of here. Like, no. We just told them I, that the, we are. The, the original time to go... The correct time to leave was before we contacted Red. The The second best time to leave is right the fuck now. <laughs> and you express that as Duma punches it. And shipboard monitors would reveal that in a high altitude, the hound's gun, the hound's gun's gun, begins charging. 
and the ship tilts at an angle to point directly down towards the city. And as shuttle number seven zips out and away, low and fast, trying to keep out of their sensor range, you see this lance of red aether just burrowing down through the center of this Mesa city. The damage to the mesas themselves is superficial, but any, like, exterior bridges or buildings or, oh, I don't know, large, uh, big civic, uh, (laughs) squares that one might have been standing in are annihilated by this lance of light. What an asshole. I mean, is anyone surprised? No. Like, at all? I hate that guy. (laughs) Duma will (laughs) second that... What a mean person that is. Yeah. Yeah, real quality mercenary. Harcourt is decidedly silent from the rear of the shuttle. Oh, that that sucks. (laughs) And shuttle number seven is away. If there is any pursuit by Red's dogs, it is not immediately evident as you break away from the city and crawl up back into orbit to try to find the Tiresian. It's quick work. You have beacons for this sort of thing. And it does not appear as though your ship has been damaged or assaulted in your absence. It seems as though the hound's gun did not have time to turn back around and open fire on your abandoned ship. (laughs) Betcha that fucking ship turns like a brick. Like two bathtubs taped together. Which it smells in there, not just of smoke. Ugh. I'm getting a very like heavy, like B.O. like imagination That's scent a... from that thing. F- f- follow that instinct. <laughs> no, I don't. Why, I'd brain? Why? As you get back to the Tiresian, two pieces of immensely powerful God's tech in tow, you find yourselves victorious. The mission, it seems, is over. And Oracle Zero, you've won. The children of A-Tier and their plan to do gods know what with this god's tech has been foiled. And you have made it out, maybe with a few more questions, but with a lot of the strings tied up here. Whoever that mech pilot was, the person who called themselves Nazir is not there anymore. A lingering question that rests on the expression of the man known as Harcourt, now that this is done, seems to be what happens to him now that this mission is complete. He has a nervous energy about him as you reemerge back on the Tiresian, and Duma making his way back towards the bridge is asking what your next heading should be. Are you going home? Are you heading back to the Storm's Repose now that this is done? So Oracle Zero, as you slump, exhausted, back onto your ship, what's the next step? On a beer. And I think that we will leave that for next time. <laughs> 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 a big um, decision. Uh, so as you ponder these things, and as these questions about the future linger, 
and begin to mount, even in victory, you are left with some hard choices ahead. As you put those decisions off for the time being and slump to wherever you choose to find rest, there is a small blinking light somewhere in Shay's quarters. And there is a, a dim readout that won't ignite until Shay goes to look at it later. But there is a small readout that says there is only one signature left in that containment of fairy creatures that was left bottled here on the Tiresian for so long. Beyond this point, the Tiresian left to drift through the darkness of the Dragon's Wake in a place far, far from here. It is on a world who knows where. In a plain of grass. There is oxygen here. There is a nice, bouncy gravity letting the grass grow tall. And there is a peaceful breeze that washes over that grass. It rolls as a long night begins to stretch over this place. Wherever this planet is, its orbit makes it so there is a dark side to this world half of the year and a light side half of the year, and it slowly rotates around the sun so that night can last for months. Somewhere in that night, on a long, rolling plain of grass. The darkness is cut by a line that appears. Some large, four-legged animal moving in a herd casts away from its fellows and prances through the grass and stops to observe this line, this crack that appears in the sky. This green jag of lightning that begins to widen. And as the wind picks up a terrible, howling, sucking wind, not wind, vacuum, as it pulls this skittering, hooved creature bellowing and trying to get away, but how do you escape the sudden, terrible pull of the void as it rips open its baleful green eye in the center of this place? This creature bellows and screams and tries to draw away, but something pulls it inexorably towards that point. There is screaming and shouting from that green place, those green hells. Something, someone screaming inside of it, and this creature bellowing is pulled straight in, and there's a flash and then the scar seals itself in a perfect hemisphere, circular, cut out in the grass, leaves behind a single lean figure curled in on themselves, clutching at their shoulders, gasping as they look terrified around, stare up at unfamiliar stars, and then collapse back into this perfectly circular crater. We will discover their fate at a later date as well, I should think. But of course, all of that will have to begin 
next time. Because as always, you can find us online at MatcomRPG on Twitter and Instagram. You can also email us at MaterialComponentsRPG at gmail.com. We always love hearing from all of our listeners. You can find me on Twitter at CryoutOlivia. I am always there talking about D&D and other RPGs and also just a lot of other nerd stuff. So come hang out. You can find me on Twitter at Elliot C. Lewis. I'm an illustrator and graphic designer, doing a lot of tabletop RPG and other fan art. You can also support me on Patreon and Coffee. Links to both of those are in my Twitter profile. You can find me at the Readimus on Instagram and Twitter, where I post jokes and lots and lots of photos of nature. So come check it out. And you cannot find me on social media, but what you can do is support our show by rating and reviewing it on whatever platform you're listening to it on. Please, please, please do so. Indeed, and finally, you can find me personally on Twitter and Instagram at MKGorgoni, where I'm always happy to talk about all things material components. But as always, the world is chaos, so please, be kind to each other. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.